Hello and welcome to the Learn English Football Podcast with your hosts Tim and Tom. Hi Tom, how are you? Very well, thanks Tim. How are you? I'm well. Uh, it's been a long time since our last episode because we've had some fitness problems, injuries, but we're fighting fit again. That's right, ready to return to match action. Yes, now we're match fit again, Tom. Uh, we've got a special episode for our listeners, which I'm sure will be really interesting for some of them. It's been a difficult week for football in some ways because there's been a lot of scandals. Are you talking about some naughty footballers? Yes, footballers behaving off the pitch how we don't really want them to behave. It's an embarrassment for the game and for their clubs, and that's what we're going to talk about. How clubs should react when their players do something off the pitch that brings the club into disrepute. And what do I mean by disrepute? Disrepute means a bad reputation. Yes, uh, and the cases we're going to talk about today, uh, some two very serious cases. Uh, the first one is a young Manchester United player, 20 years old, Mason Greenwood. Uh, and the second player is a West Ham player, Kurt Zuma. Um, let's introduce the topics first. Uh, so firstly, Mason Greenwood, uh, there have been some accusations of uh, sexual abuse, of attempted rape or threats to, to kill. Um, he has been alleged to have uh, done some terrible things. Uh, and Tom, you notice I've just said something there. He has been alleged to have done. Does that because it's my allegation or somebody else's allegation? Someone else's allegation. Yes, I notice that you're using distancing language, Tim, because it's a very sensitive topic. And of course, there is a legal process underway. So we don't want to assume the guilt of the player at this stage. That's why we can use phrases like alleged to have done. He is accused of these crimes or he is reported to have committed these crimes. Yes, uh, they're very common, these distancing structures in English, to separate what you're saying with your, from your personal opinion. Um, so let's jump straight in, Tom. Uh, what do you think about this uh, situation? It's obviously a difficult situation. Mason Greenwood is a young star of United. Uh, he's been at Manchester United since he was a little child. Um, why is it that these young football players seem to have these problems? Well, that's more of a general question. I think uh, you told me something earlier that Mason Greenwood was always a star uh, performer. He was playing in the Manchester United youth team with players who were older than him. He was. E Did you tell me he was even a model? Yes, he was a child model. I think when he was about five or six or seven years old. Mm -hmm. um, and I think maybe you're right, Tom. I think... Uh, when a young person has been made to feel that they're the best, they're the most good-looking, they're the most intelligent, and they have this message reinforced throughout their childhood, and when I say throughout, I mean constantly in their childhood, mm -hmm. I think it can have effects on their, on their self-perception. Yes, that's right. You are talking about their ego, really. Their ego can get very, very large or enlarged. In the case of Mason Greenwood, I have to say, if I was 20 years old, playing for Manchester United, good-looking, loads of money, it would be very hard for me to keep my ego under control as well. In fact, I would need a very strong family unit. I would need good guidance from parents, from brothers and sisters, from family and friends. And I suspect that Mason Greenwood doesn't have these people who can tell him, Oi, Mason, stop. 
You're being an idiot. Good. I like that word, oi. It's very common. It's a great way of getting somebody's attention. Um, yeah, I think you're 100% right. If you look at a lot of these footballers who are very successful from a young age, uh, a lot of them have a strong family unit around them. Uh, and in fact, in the past, some, some famous managers, for example, Alex Ferguson, always encouraged young, his younger players to, to, to live with their families as long as possible. And when they stopped living with their families, he wanted them to get married. He always wanted them to have a solid, a, solid, a stable family life. This is true for, uh, I remember reading Jamie Carragher's uh, autobiography. He said when Gerard Houllier was in charge of uh, Liverpool, he encouraged the young Jamie Carragher to settle down, which means to get married, find a steady relationship and live a more domestic life. Because these managers know, just like Ferguson, that young players need that stable background so they can perform their best on the pitch. Yeah, and there must be so many temptations when you're a young player and um, you've got loads of money and loads of fame. It must be difficult, but that doesn't excuse the kind of things that uh, have been alleged. It um, certainly doesn't, yes. And, and what was very noticeable about this situation was how quickly the other players in the Manchester United team distanced themselves themselves from Mason Greenwood. They cut off uh, contact on Instagram and other social media channels and immediately that raised an alarm bell. That told me that this situation could be very, very serious for Mason Greenwood. Yes, he's already having, um, he's, he's already facing the consequences of these allegations. Uh, Nike has dropped him as a sponsor, uh, mm -hmm. so that will be a financial hit that he's having to take. He's been banned from the Manchester United changing room uh, and, the, and, the, and the training ground. So mm -hmm. he's not going to be playing for Manchester United anytime soon. Uh, to be honest, I can't see him playing for Manchester United again. Mm -hmm. uh, I imagine uh, whatever the outcome of the, of the court case mm -hmm. is, uh, he will find a club somewhere, but I don't think it will be in England again. Really? Yeah. I think it would be difficult if he were to be found guilty and come mm. out of prison in a few years. I think it would be a difficult sell uh, because of sponsors and things like that. Even though he's a good player, I think there would be pressure, social pressures for clubs to avoid signing him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think there's an expression which summarizes this problem. Too much, too young. Mm. Um, it uh, can be about money, can be about fame, can be about drugs or alcohol. Mm. When people are exposed, and we often say it for famous people, for example, rock stars, or uh, mm. I've heard people say it about Britney Spears, too mm. much, too young. Yes, it describes being spoilt in some ways, like a young child who's given all the toys and all the sweets and everything they want. Uh, they are overindulged. Uh, and this, of course, is very bad for the child or for the young person because they get some wrong lessons about life and who they are and what is uh, acceptable behaviour and what is unacceptable. Yeah, I think when you're young, and this is quite a, not really a football opinion, but being young is about finding your place in the world, about uh, facing rejections, understanding rejections and understanding how to manage the situation. So uh, let's move on to the Kurt Zuma situation. Um, different, definitely, but equally uh, unexpected and still quite shocking. Uh, there's been a video, as I'm sure you know, Tom, being a West Ham fan, a video has come out this week of Kurt Zuma kicking his cat and slapping his cat. 
I'm not going to say alleged because we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know why he did it. Um, uh, the cats, for all you animal lovers out there, have been taken away from him. They're being looked after currently by an animal charity in the United Kingdom. Um, so the cats are safe, first and mm-hmm. foremost. But it's the reaction of the club uh, that we're interested in. Uh, Kurt Zuma has been docked two weeks' wages. And when I say to dock somebody's wages, what do I mean? It means that uh, he's been punished and he will not receive that money. Yes. Um, so that was one of the options for punishment. Um, but uh, West Ham have faced a backlash. And a backlash is an angry reaction from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost a couple of sponsors so far, I believe. Um, who was the sponsor you mentioned? Vitality. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of business they are, but they immediately uh, cancelled their sponsorship deal with the club, saying this is not the kind of image they want to be associated with. Yeah, so the question I have is, how should a club react? Tom, what do you think? As a West Ham fan, do you think West Ham have done enough? Do you think they've done too little? I mean, Mm -hmm. as we were saying... Um, I'm sure if if West Ham didn't get an important Champions League place uh, because of one point and they had they had not let Zuma play as a punishment for one game and they and, and they'd lost then then the, the club would face big big criticism mm. for that. This is a, a difficult one for me, Tim. It's very difficult to separate my uh, passion for West Ham against uh, you know what should be happening in theory if it was another player at another club. Uh, I can only tell you how I feel with my own subjective bias. I was happy that Kurt Zuma played on Wednesday against Watford. I know that many people came out and criticised that, but I also know that our best centre-back, Angelo Ogbonna, is injured. And uh, I don't know about the fitness of, you know, we have Dawson and we have Issa Diop. Kurt Zuma is undoubtedly one of the best four defenders. If he's fit, he should play. However... In these circumstances, there was, of course, very good motivation to drop him. I believe that he was being booed by the whole stadium every time he touched the ball for the entire 90 minutes of the game. Uh, You could say that was bad for him, bad for his self-esteem. However, on the upside, (laughs) he kept a clean sheet. That means that West Ham didn't concede a goal. And you could argue that it's character building for a player to meet this adversity, to meet this public, very hostile reaction from the fans, to really hit home the point that he did something wrong. And I understand that he's very apologetic about it now. So I don't mind the fact that David Moyes played him, but I appreciate that my own bias as a, as a fan who wants West Ham to win is in that argument as well. Yeah, but I think that is the debate, exactly the, the conversation going on in a lot of people's heads. Um, I think it's it's a very, very valid point what you say, that uh, having played in the match and, and having been booed by the whole stadium, that is probably the best way of him understanding how bad what he did was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, animal cruelty is unacceptable. Britain is a country of animal lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that in some ways that's the best way for him to learn. But uh, I, 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 I'm not so sure about this apology that he released. I read the apology and it was like deja vu. 
It was like reading every famous person's apology every time they do anything wrong. I feel like agents across the world just are copying and pasting um, and, and changing a couple of nouns and a couple of adjectives and a couple of verbs, but essentially keeping the same content of every public apology. So to me, the apology was was expected but it didn't mean anything mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I think it's a difficult question because let's try and put ourselves in David Moyes's shoes if you're David Moyes you're under high pressure all the time to get the best results possible West Ham are having a fantastic season there's an outside possibility that they could get the Champions League an outside mm -hmm. possibility is a small chance that they could get a Champions League qualification and that is David Moyes's job what mm -hmm. is the job of a football manager to to sell morality and ethics to society or to win on a Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. and, and I think everybody would, would accept that um, his job is to produce a winning football team. But at the same time, when a football club has a place in society and has an important cultural role, then it needs to represent something. And the values mm -hmm. the club represents are... Will, will last longer than a result or a Champions League qualification or the result or the money you get from that. Mm. Um, so it's, a, I mean, I, I don't know what to conclude because both are really important. I'm going to try and defend the indefensible here, okay? I'm going to, I can't really defend what Zuma did. I, I've watched the video and the only thing I could say is that the kick, the kicking of the cat, it's more like a drop push, because if you follow through with a lot of power as you kick the cat, then the cat flies in the air and you do some serious damage. This was more like he dropped the cat so that it made contact with the floor, and then he pushed it so it slid across the floor. I'm not saying that is the right way to treat an animal. No, absolutely not. But I'm challenging whether the word kick is totally accurate. For me, what's worse in that behavior is the trauma that he's creating for the cat through fear, chasing it around the house, throwing shoes at it, and when he slapped the cat. For me, that was worse behavior than the kick itself. But here's where I'm gonna try and defend Zuma, or at least explain why he did it from a slightly different perspective, a philosophical, philosophical perspective. Now, you mentioned earlier, Tim, about animal cruelty, and you are right, absolutely, in Europe, we do not tolerate animal cruelty, especially in the United Kingdom. We are a nation of pet lovers, dogs and cats especially. Kurt Zuma was raised in France. He grew he was born in Lyon, and he has spent all his life in England and France. So he should know this. Having said that, here comes my uh, attempt to explain it. African culture is a little bit different, and Kurt Zuma comes from African culture. You can almost see it with his brother who's made the video there, that their attitude towards animals is different. And I can say this from my experience of living in Tanzania. Africans, I'm, I'm generalizing here, I can't be specific about all Africans, but the African attitude that I experienced in Tanzania is that the law of the jungle rules. And by the law of the jungle, I mean might is right. Not might, the, the, the modal verb of possibility. I mean might like size, like force. What I mean is if you're driving your car and an elephant is coming along the road, you move your car out the way. Likewise, if you're standing between a hippo and the river, 
you get out the way. Now this is natural law. We can argue in a civilized society it's not acceptable, it's not acceptable in the UK, but I'm just saying that this is the reality within African culture, and it does explain why some African people, not all, but some Africans don't see pets and animals generally in the same way. And I'd like to add one more point to this. I'd like to point out that there's perhaps a little bit of hypocrisy that we have in civilized society. And the reason is, is that we live in a very sanitized world now where we can go to the supermarket and we can buy our meat from the supermarket super clean and washed and we don't have to deal with the fact that the animal that we're going to eat has been factory farmed, has been grown up in probably horrible, atrocious uh, conditions and not lived a very good life, and has been butchered for us to eat. Because we're separated from this reality, it means that uh, we can kind of have these higher morals and believe that we are wonderful treaters of all animals. But I suspect that many of these people who are attacking Zuma now uh, you know, uh, have the privilege of having to having this position because they don't have to see how the food arrives on their plate on the table. Yeah, I mean, uh, you made some 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 interesting points there. Um, I I and I think Zuma is, as a human should know where he's living, the culture which he's living in, especially as he's come from France. Uh, it's not as if he's coming to a totally uh, new culture. Um, and, and I think he needs to take some personal responsibility for what he's done, regardless of, of where he's come from or whatever. But I, I do think there's some other interesting points there. There are loads of professions that go home and behave the way they want in their home, behind their closed doors, and nobody ever knows. For mm -hmm. example, uh, if I'm an engineer and I go home and I kick my cat... My boss never finds out, mm -hmm. and so therefore I don't get docked uh, wages, uh, and there is no consequence. So I do think there's uh, we we do need to account for the fact that every aspect of of a footballer's life can go online at any point, mm -hmm. um, and that is incredibly difficult to live uh, whiter than white, purer than pure. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. I know mm. I don't, I know you don't, mm. I know none of our listeners do. The only differences between our lives and a professional footballer's life is that uh, our lives aren't publicised. So I do have some sympathy there. Mm. But in terms of cruelty to animals, uh, I understand your point about um, in Europe we've separated ourselves from, from that cruelty. But there's a difference between cruelty for pleasure and cruelty for necessity. Uh, when we're killing animals to eat them, we need to eat them. Okay, there are arguments that you, you can get those vitamins and proteins in different ways, but we need to eat them. He's kicking the cat to get a laugh, to have a laugh, to have fun, which I think is uh, unacceptable. But the, um, the point I'd like to make is how should West Ham punish him? Because they need to punish him. They need to be seen to be punishing him because they don't want to, um, they don't want to lose sponsors. But at the same time, they need to protect their on-pitch performance. Uh, this, this two weeks wages fine. I think it, it's, it's not worth doing. Two weeks wages to someone like Kurt Zuma is, is a drop in the ocean. It's a tiny amount of a big quantity. Um, so what, well, the other options would be, for example, to, 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 to ban him from playing. Uh, in, in stronger cases, maybe not for this, but to release him, like mm -hmm. might, uh, would happen in, for example, serious criminal cases. Mm -hmm. um, 
that, but I think it's a it's a no win situation for West Ham. Would you agree? I would agree. I think that punishment is difficult. I, I think that releasing the player, uh, sacking the player, this is too strong. Perhaps some community service in a pet rescue, uh, an animal shelter, that kind of uh, thing might help to uh, at least get the player to think a little bit more carefully that, about the feelings and and and. Who, the animals. Uh... I think I think that's a good idea. A bit of community service in a pet rescue centre. The RSPCA, the uh, the organisation that have uh, rescued his cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, a donation to an animal charity. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that uh, could uh, compensate for the damage to animals uh, could be mm-hmm. could be interesting. Could be a, a useful solution. So, uh, is there anything else on this topic that you would like to discuss, Tim? Or have we? Is the cat out the bag now? The cat's out the bag, so the mm. secret is out, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... uh, and for you, Tim, is Kurt Zuma still the cat's meow after this behaviour? No, he's gone right down in my estimations. What do I mean by the cat's meow? Uh, the, the the great thing, the yeah. something fantastic. Something outstanding, yes. The, the meow is uh, the sound in English that a cat makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yes, no, I don't think there's anything more to cover on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of allegations against some some big names in English football and uh, hopefully our listeners uh, are a bit more informed and can can make their own opinions. So let's leave it there for now. Uh, Thank you to our listeners for following us. You can of course find us on Facebook. We have our Facebook page now, Learn English Football Podcast. Uh, Come and join the conversation. We put content up there including some of these expressions and idioms and sayings that we use on the show. Otherwise, stay tuned. We'll be back very, very, sh- very, very soon with our next episode where we're going to preview this week's Champions League games and talk about some transfer signings that have happened in January, which ones have had the greatest impact. Thanks a lot, Tom. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to all of our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pause, isn't it? Oh.